Welcome to the Geek Teak Podcast, where we're overwatching geekdom. Oh, that was cringeworthy. I'm Void. I'm here with my co-host, Beige. And I'm sitting here just cringing at that still. Oh. As you should be. I can't believe we wrote that. Today, we're talking about Overwatch, if you can't tell from that intro there. Um, Overwatch, we mentioned a little bit when we were doing our Blizzard episode. It's their new FPS game. It's just into open beta this week. And the open beta is going for about a week here. And then the game officially releases on May 24th. So it's coming out on PC, PS4, Xbox One. And we've been playing it on PC this week. It's awesome. And I love playing it on PC. I mean, I could see this being really fun on the other consoles because it would play a whole lot like uh, like typical shooters. And that's what I, I usually play with game pads. I'm a game pad shooter guy uh, because I'm not much of a shooter guy. That's why I'm a game pad shooter guy. But I'm actually really enjoying the uh, mouse and keyboard on PC. So I don't know if I'd be able to go and play one of those after playing this for so long like this. I might actually end up plugging in like my xbox 360 controller to my pc yeah. just to test it out and see how it goes because i'm i'm interested to see how good the gamepad support is especially with some of the heroes that aren't so twitchy that aren't so amy you know there's a lot of support heroes that might actually be just fine with the gamepad oh yeah i could see mercy especially being very good with a gamepad yeah and there's a couple others there's like um you know the guy that's like the engineer torbron and yeah. there's a few others that might be just fine with the gamepad so it'll be interesting to see how it does across platforms but we just looked it up. There's not cross-platform play. So if you're getting it on PC, you're playing with PC people. If you're getting it on PS4, you're with PS4 people. So keep that in mind when you grab your whatever version you end up grabbing. The other cool thing, I mean, before we dive into the actual game, is that they've been setting up comics and like video shorts and really they're starting to like flesh out the world before the game even comes out just to give us a taste and like, you know, the look and feel and a little bit of the lore. And I think that's really cool. And I really like that because I'm not much of an in-game person for lore when it comes to Blizzard. Whenever I, I don't read quest text in World of Warcraft, I don't uh, particularly pay that close attention to the cinematics or storylines of raids. But I like reading the stuff outside of it. I'll read short stories and posts and I'll read different blogs uh, like Blizzard Watch has a Know Your Lore column for a while. So I read those and want to know all about it and love the aesthetic but i don't care about it when i'm actually playing the game which is weird so i love that they've actually set up overwatch to be the kind of game that i can get into the world the way that i get into the world that it's designed that way yeah and i'm, I'm wondering how much of this comes from titan because like you mentioned the other week in your weekly geekery they had that series of videos where they talked about like that titan failed and they took the resources that used to be titan and they made overwatch i wonder how much of like yeah. the world building that they did carried over or in how much of it they changed. I mean, it's something that we'll probably never know unless, you know, 10 years down the line, those guys are out of contract and they can talk about it. It seems like this is much more fleshed, fleshed out than most first person shooters are when it comes to yeah. lore, which is it's really cool. I mean, you can tell in the levels, you know, you can see that a lot of detail has been paid to like the level design and just these little touches in everything. And it made me so happy to notice that the I'd never noticed before this week and the other two betas that I'd played in the beta weekends, I never noticed character interactions with each other that I just kind of I don't know if they weren't in there. I don't know if I tuned them out. I don't know what it was, but I've noticed that as certain characters get near each other, they start talking to each other. Like I was Zenyatta today and he walked up near Genji and they started talking. I was like, oh, you're my favorite. You're, you, oh, look, it's my favorite student. And they're like, hello, <laughs> master. And I'm like, that's really cool. I really like that. That tells me what I 
I need to know about those characters. And so I threw an orb of harmony on that guy and let him go blow things up while I healed him just because of that. That's really cool. I, I haven't even noticed that. It was it was neat. Just noticing it as I ran past it, it. It's just those kind of touches that make the game feel really polished, even though it's in beta so far. Yeah. And they're all over the levels. I mean, it's cool that they're in the characters, too. But like I'm noticing in the levels a lot, like one of the levels in your starting area, you, you have like, you know, 30 seconds after you choose your hero before the game actually kicks off. You're kind of locked into this little starting area. And in one of them, there's an arcade. The entire yes. arcade has like unique arcade cabinets all lined up next to each other. And it has a bunch of like claw machines and stuff. And you can just destroy them. Like every it's single awesome. game I've been in, my team has ended up just you just start shooting them just to kill time and you just like destroy this arcade. So by the time the game starts, your spawning area, your starting area is just totally like all the arcade machines are broken. It's really fun. And it's just this little thing that I love already. And if you notice what the games are, where I think there may be a Lost Vikings 2 in there and there are uh, there's like a Diablo fighting game and things like that, that if you look, they're all references to something. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's really cool. Oh, yeah. Look at the titles when you go in there before you blow it up next time. It's got little screenshots uh, that you can watch the screen play. I think Tyrael is fighting himself or something like that in one of them. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Before I blow it up. Yes, before you blow it up, because otherwise it's a blown up arcade machine. OK, I'll take a look. I, I want to talk a little bit about the levels before we dive into the heroes, because I think the bulk, right. the bulk of the talk here is probably around the heroes because they're awesome. And that's pretty much what the game is. It's hero based more than anything else. But but the levels are super well done. Yeah, well, it's awesome that everything is objective based. Like it's a team game through and through. You know, there's no there's no real like deathmatch mode, which I feel might break this game because it's all about team coordination to complete an objective. So Every level is designed around an objective. Most of the time you are trying to capture a point or do something like Team Fortress 2 payload where you're pushing, um, you know, in Team Fortress 2, it was always a cart that you were pushing from point A to point B. Yeah. Here, they use a bunch of different things. Sometimes it's a truck. Sometimes it's a limo. Sometimes it's like a floating, I guess it's kind of a cart thing, but not a mine cart. And it, <laughs> yeah. it changes it up. But, you know, you have that payload mode where you push something from point A to point B. Um, you have modes where you just have to capture points, you know, point A, point B, sometimes point C. You have modes where it's more like King of the Hill, where it's like a capture and hold. And whoever can hold it for, the, uh, I don't know the amount of time, but there's like a little percentage counter. Whoever holds yeah, it. Yeah, I've only ever counted the percent. Yeah, whoever gets it to 100% first, you know, wins that point. And then you do a second round and whoever gets two points first wins. But all of them are team based which I think is awesome. That's the right design choice here. It is. And in the documentary that uh, GameSpot did, the story of Overwatch, they were talking about that where they wanted the the modes to feel very familiar. They wanted everything to be easy to pick up. And it is. I go in not even realizing what's up and, you know, go in on the first day. There's a map I'm not familiar with. And it just says and it leads you to the objectives and you know what's going on immediately. You know how to do it and you have to figure out which hero is going to get you get there the best. It's awesome. Like, I like that it's not complicated. That's that's my favorite part about it is that I can just go in and I don't have to worry about loadouts. I don't have to worry about any kind of necessarily skill upgrades. I get to go in and actually play the game, do the objectives and not run around like a crazy person figuring it out first and actually contribute immediately. And more than just keeping it simple, they've done a couple things that are really, really cool, like 
in the ones that are payload or capture the point in that like startup phase if if you're the defender you can actually you know run out of your starting area right away while the attackers are kind of locked into theirs for the first 30 seconds like i was talking about and when you're mm-hmm. the defender you actually see lines on the ground i don't know if you've noticed these but there's like um yeah. green lines between your starting point and where the thing is you have to defend and there are red lines yeah. between their starting point and where they have to get to so you can see the general path of each team and like where people are going to have to go through so you know like okay they're coming from this direction to this thing this is probably a good point to set up our defense and it's just right. it's this little touch but i feel like it makes a really big difference in figuring it out and i think that's a wonderful way to do it where it's not you know it's not holding your hand and yes in a way that you're going to have the hardcore people saying that it's catering to casuals but that's exactly what this game is is i mean there there's definitely going to be a competitive nature to this game but this game is about having fun with other people and so far i mean just a couple of days into the beta here i've liked most of the people i've played with that the ones i've talked to have not been terrible and we've actually started working together the nature of the game makes you work together rather than compete with the people for kills or anything like that And it seems like as soon as you get a team composition that works pretty well, um, people will carry through game to game for a couple games in a row. So usually once I get one win with a team, there's usually two or three games after that where it's mostly the same people with mostly the same team composition because, Uh you know, it's like you kind of found your groove with those people which is really cool to see. And if you have a couple of losses, then it disbands and you find new people to try with. And to me, even losing in this game, I don't get super frustrated with. And I'm fairly competitive in gaming where I'll, Jennifer, my wife, will just hear me just scream from the other room when I get mad, just just obscenities out of the other room. And I'm like, this one I've been doing that, but it's on kills rather than losing. Like if I walk in and there's a, you know, Hanzo's ultimate hits me as I go around a corner or something like that, I'll just scream something. She's like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Dragon hit me. And, <laughs> that dragon. But it's not losing the game. I don't care about losing. I'm taken by surprise. And so my natural knee jerk reaction is that not to uh, not the I don't care about losing because I'm actually having fun while I'm playing it. Yeah, I don't feel bad about a loss. Every once in a while, if we lose and I feel like the team really wasn't working together, I'm kind of like, oh, okay, maybe I'll leave this game and I'll requeue for another one just so I can get a team that kind of gels better. But even when you lose, you're still getting experience. You're still like having fun with the heroes, even during a loss. You know, I know a lot of other shooters have like when you win, you get a huge bonus in experience. And this doesn't have this. You're basically getting the same amount of experience whether you win or you lose. And I think that little touch, it's not even something that's happening in the game. It's something that's happening after the game. That little touch goes a long way towards making it okay to lose. And I think that's something that Blizzard understands from its years of doing World of Warcraft with the PvP and different communities, uh, the community there, that they know how to keep people playing now because for a long time it was su- there was such a barrier to entry at- with PvP and World of Warcraft and there was such a I don't even know what the the there was a penalty for not performing and winning that you didn't get a lot at the very beginning for losing and now there are it's positive reinforcement rather than negative and that's something that I think they've moved into this game with the next level of that that you're right it doesn't feel bad to lose because you're not being penalized for losing you just yeah, you lost. Yeah, try again. I mean, just keep going. And the other thing about the level design that I really have liked so far are the different tile sets. They're they each have a unique feel for like a different. I mean, it, it's 
its own world, but you can see the influences they're drawing from are from different cultures. And I think it's really cool to just get a variety of tile sets in your map design. That always makes me happy as a player to be able to switch it up. And it's not just switching up the layout of the level, but it's switching up the look and feel of the level. And that goes a long way towards keeping me interested. Yes. And there's there are maps that I've played way more than others. So I like seeing the newer ones that I haven't played in the other betas. But I don't feel bad when I get Watchpoint Gibraltar again. But I'm like, okay, cool. I'll do this one. This is how I play this one. And I'm like, I've seen it. And then I get Temple of Anubis the next time. I'm like, awesome. I haven't played this one very much. Let's do this. And I, I just love it. I just go running around and blowing things up. And looking around, I've explored these levels probably to the... Uh, loss of my team just to see what's there honestly i want to kind of compare this to team fortress 2 because i can already tell this is supplanting team fortress 2 in my evergreen games um i know at some point we're going to sit down and just talk about evergreen games for a whole episode but they're kind of games that you can always go back to they're always there they're games that you play over years even if you're only playing them a little bit here and there um team fortress 2 has been an evergreen game for me for basically as long as it's cut like existed which was like 2007 maybe 2008 something something like that that. and this game has already supplanted it like i don't see a need to ever boot up team fortress 2 again because now i have overwatch (laughs) and one of the things that i noticed with the levels is that team fortress 2 levels all feel the same team fortress 2 has like one tile set i mean it doesn't it has a couple but it feels like They feel so similar. And Overwatch, they feel so different. And I love that already. Drawing those correlations, too, I really noticed once I dug into Overwatch and I wanted to play every single hero before we did this episode. So I would have a good baseline. Right. And I did. And I noticed that a lot of the heroes in Overwatch, you can draw a direct correlation between that hero and another kind of game hero. Like most of them are from shooters. Some of them are from things like MOBAs. But Like from Team Fortress 2, you have the Doctor. Mercy in Overwatch is very equivalent to the Doctor. Slightly tweaking the movement, but besides that, you're basically playing the Team Fortress 2 Doctor. If you love Doctor in Team Fortress 2, you will, or the Medic in Team Fortress 2, you will love Mercy. Same thing for like the Team Fortress 2 Demo Man correlates very closely to Junkrat. You know, the Engineer correlates to Torbjorn. You know, and those are all from Team Fortress 2, but I think it's cool because they've pulled all of these heroes from different sources. So if you were a Quake player or like an Unreal Tournament player back in the day and you haven't played first person shooters much lately, you miss that feel, go get Farah. Farah is a rocket launcher hero that can fly in the air and it feels like Quake in a way it it does it feels like you're playing quake 3 arena is exactly what she plays like and it is she is so much fun because she does feel like being 17 again for me that i'm I'm just blowing things up with a rocket launcher flying around and if i die i die but it does it feels very simple but but also nostalgic and comfortable and like soldier 76 is call of duty If you are a Call of Duty player and you're going, I don't know if Overwatch is for me, go into Overwatch, grab Soldier 76, and your muscle memory, like, will click. No problem. I played a ton of Modern Warfare 1 and 2, and then I've played Call of Duties off and on since then. But, I mean, I have that muscle memory there from Call of Duty, and it directly maps onto Soldier 76. Like, that's the (laughs) Call of Duty hero. And then you have things like McCree, who's, you know, like a six-shooting Western hero. And that felt like Red Dead Redemption to me, which is a absolutely sh- which is a shooter, but it's not even a first person shooter. But he controlled like that. Just the the dodging and shooting and aiming the way that it the way that it was every click, every move that you made. He really did feel like that. Like it 
it's weird how much it felt like you were just playing Red Dead Redemption. I mean, even his special move, you know, getting like the lock ons, then a bunch of headshots uh-huh. was it's really cool. And they have things like Diva. I mean, Diva, you know, the skin <sighs> of Diva and the theme of it is kind of like Japanese mech girl. But the the feel of playing as Diva is Titanfall. You are playing yep. Titanfall if you are on that hero. You have a giant mech. You charge in, you attack with the mech. And then when the mech dies, your character jumps out and you're still alive. And if you can keep your character alive for a little bit, you can call down another mech from the sky and jump right into it. Yep. Send your mech in with a self-destruct and use it as a weapon rather than it being your character. It It is. It's exactly what it is. And then I was getting um, like Tomb Raider and some of the latest Far Cry vibes as far as like bow and arrow play. When it comes to Hanzo, Hanzo felt very much like when I was playing um, Far Cry Primal a couple weeks ago, like bow and arrow skills mapped between those two for me. And I haven't played the Far Cries, but I've played Tomb Raiders and well, at least the the, the first Tomb Raider. And it does. He feels super similar to Lara Croft, just running around, dodging, hiding and shooting a bow and arrow, charging it up. That's exactly what it feels like. And he's super fun. And I like that he's not overly aggressive. One of the things about him, even though you have a bow and arrow and you're a super sniper, it's there's so much utility that he brings that in suppression that he doesn't feel like... Like for me, I'm terrible at twitchiness. Like I'm not good at any of the heroes that are, you know, running gun, have to be very accurate and aiming. But with Hanzo and the bow and arrow, I feel like I can play him as a damage dealer because he's slightly slower paced and I don't have to worry about it and I still provide utility. I really like him for that. They can still do damage without, you know, having to be have the reflexes of an 11 year old because I don't. Right. No, it's cool that they've mixed in utility to a lot of heroes that are like damage dealers. So there are a few heroes that are very, very twitchy, and I know that long term, those aren't going to be for me because I don't have those reflexes anymore. But most of the ones that are damage dealers also have that utility to them, which is a really cool design choice. And I want to dive into like our favorite heroes, but I I noticed a couple other similarities between games and heroes. So I want to touch those first, like Genji feels like Warframe. I don't know if you've played Warframe. Uh, no, I haven't. That was one where I was actually going to ask you about when I saw it in the notes that I know zero about Warframe, but I love Genji. So Warframe is, uh, it's not really an MMO. It's kind of like in that MMO vibe where they want you to play with other players and, you know, have a big community, almost like Destiny, you know, kind of like instanced MMO type thing. Yeah. And okay, you are a robot ninja. And you go on stealth missions, but it's a shooter. And then some of the missions are like direct damage missions. I don't know. It's Genji feels like Warframe to me. Like, okay, they took a robot ninja and then they put it from one game into another and then they made it fit. Okay. And then there are two other heroes that like right before we recorded, we realized these map to games too, even though the games aren't first person shooters. So you were talking about Roadhog because you hadn't really played him much. And I said, yeah, oh, he is the... Yep. I haven't played him at all. He's the only one of them that I've not touched at all, but I get beaten to death by him a bunch. And I said, oh, yeah, he's just Stitches from Heroes of the Storm. And then I said, you know, actually, he's also basically Blizzcrank from, like, League of Legends. I mean, it's cool that they pulled this influence from MOBAs, you know, a hero that can reach out and hook another hero and bring it towards you and stun it. Like, that's directly out of MOBA games. They brought it to a first-person shooter, which is really cool. And then... The one that you said when we were talking about this was Lucio, right? Yeah, and I'm 
I loved playing Jet Set Radio as a teenager, that I've got it on Steam now. I think there was a Humble Bundle with it, and I'm going to dig back in with it soon. That's on my, my list of my queue that, that I've got that will eventually work its way to the top. And I just love it. He's running around, skating, healing, uh, moving around really fast, uh, shooting things, and just zipping around. Just very smooth motion, very just just mobile and, and not necessarily twitchy, but you utility like i love it. it feels like i'm playing jet set radio on my sega dreamcast and i love it except it's a first person shooter it's weird but yeah you're right i mean that directly maps to it like it feels like jet set radio and it, i mean his his look and feel you can tell kind of come from that too with yep, his straight out of and it stuff. you know the uh, neo tokyo kind of uh rollerblades and sonic everything it's it's super weird and i just love it i want to get good with him but i, I i'm not I see good players with him, and then I realize I'm not a good player with him. Uh, you have time. We all have time. Yes. It's not even out yet. I mean, we're super excited, which is why we want to do this podcast, especially because if we can get more people interested in the game by the time that it comes out, that just means more people for us to play with when it actually releases, exactly. which is fantastic. That's what we want. Which is what we want. Yeah, this is this is a game where you play with friends, yeah. and this is somewhere that you have a party. This is going to be a wonderful game to do things if you're separated by the you know the 17 hours that Void and I are separated by in real life. That we can get together, and you know, it's like the MMO uh, uh, genre where we can get together and actually do something together and feel like we're hanging out. That's exactly what this game is. This is a hangout for friends more than anything else. Yeah, and I actually got into a game last night with, I think it was four or five people. It wasn't a full party. I think a full party is six heroes. But we had an almost full party of people who, I, I don't think any of us knew each other in real life, but we're all like digital friends through playing other games and Twitter and Slack and all that stuff. And right. when we could coordinate like that, it was amazing. It was so fun. I mean, I was being Reinhardt, and Reinhardt is a hero where... <laughs> You have a giant hammer if you get in close quarter combat, but mostly what Reinhardt is there to do is to hold up this giant shield that kind of like expands in a, it's not quite a half circle, but it kind of curves around the front of you and your team can shoot through it from behind. So you're basically like in front as a tank, right? I've been Reinhardt with a bunch of different teams I've been on and I, I like him as a hero, but if your team isn't yeah. there to coordinate and like get behind you and shoot through your shield, like Reinhardt's not doing as much as he could. Last night, I was like, I'm going to hold the shield, and we're going to push the point. And they were like, yeah. And we destroyed the other team. And it was such a good feeling. I hope people learn that you can shoot through his shield, that they can be behind you and still shoot. That is something that I think people are going to have to learn as the game gets, gets you know, on, that as it moves forward to release, people are going to learn that you can actually shoot through his shield. I've noticed people just standing there as I push the line on Reinhardt. Yeah, yeah. If you're on the same team, you can shoot through his shield from behind the shield whereas you know yep. the other team obviously can't shoot through the other way which is really cool i have to ask do you have a favorite hero yet or if oh. if not do you have like a default hero that you go to right when you start a game right now zenyatta and winston depending on what the uh, team is low on i absolutely adore both of them they are so much fun in so different ways uh since i love support so much zenyatta is probably my default but winston is quickly becoming so much fun for me so what do you like about Zenyatta? I've only played Zenyatta once or twice. It's kind of a weird, um, like the, the theme is monk, but it's really a support hero. But you kind of have yeah. like, it's kind of passive, kind of active. What I love about Zenyatta 
is that he is, like you said, he he is kind of support and he's kind of a, a offense. But what I really like the most is that I don't ever feel like I'm wasting my time. I toss my harmony orb on somebody, one of the tanks, and it's going to consistently heal them. As and then I can go and basically lay down suppressing fire because you can hold the left click and he constantly shoots out uh, his orbs and damages them, which they do a pretty good amount of damage. And then whatever I'm targeting, I can throw an orb of discord on, which makes them take fifty the enemy that it attaches to takes 50% extra damage. I'm basically working with my entire team to heal somebody, I'm doing damage, and I'm increasing everybody else's damage. The trade-off is that he is incredibly squishy. He has some of the lowest health in the game, and he doesn't really have any kind of escape moves. So you basically have to run and gun and lay down suppressing fire and move around a lot. And it takes a long time. Like, I've spent probably, and it's not a lot, but I've probably spent eight hours or so over the last couple of days playing just Zenyatta. Wow. And as I've played this game, you know, it's summer break for me now, so I actually have that time to learn how to play because he is not someone you can just pick up and play but i read a quick guide to show me what his moves did and then i was like okay this is what i need to do i just go out and i love him being able to never feel like there's any kind of downtime that there's always something i can be doing that's really cool and i liked winston too you said that was your other one that's kind of your default oh i've had so much fun with winston i i I did not think I was going to like him. I thought Winston was going to be kind of boring, this kind of giant giant gorilla with a uh, with a lightning cannon, which also sounds awesome when you say it, but looking <laughs> at it compared to the other heroes, is there was just something about him that didn't seem interesting. And then I played him one time and was completely hooked. He became my number two. Yeah, I saw almost nobody else playing him. So when I was just working my way through all the heroes and I got to him, like I hadn't even played against him. I had no idea what he did. And he's, he's interesting. He has like the mobility of a gorilla jump so you can jump Uh really far in like short bursts and then he has like a basically a bubble shield like a 360 degree like aoe shield around him and then that lightning gun so what you can do is you can jump into the middle of like an enemy team you can throw down your bubble shield so you have somewhere to retreat to and then you just shoot shoot them all with lightning because it like arcs in front of you to a bunch of different characters at the same time it's really fun and then you get his ultimate ability where he goes into a rage and you can jump more often on a, with a much lower cooldown and punch people, which you can destroy people with that punch. It knocks snipers out of the way. Even if it doesn't kill them, you're basically just running around. Go, You, you hulk up. I mean, you're, you're the Hulk running around New York, just smashing everything that you have. And it is so much fun. I die constantly with them. I mean, I get really greedy. Somebody on Twitter this morning said that they always get greedy with Wednesday. I'm like, that's exactly the way that it is. I get greedy and want to jump into the middle and just bash everybody when I'm him because that's what the, the, the character's play style just makes you want to do. But he's so much fun. You can also jump off of cliffs. So be very careful about when you use your jump because it jumps further than I thought it would a lot. I My default is kind of Reinhardt um, at the moment. Yeah, I really like to be him right when I get into a game. And if the team kind of gels around that and they understand you get behind Reinhardt, shoot through the shield, I will stay Reinhardt for an entire game if it's working. Yeah. If I'm Reinhardt and the team isn't really around me or they're kind of scattered or they don't really get it, um, I'll start jumping between damage heroes. But when you're Reinhardt, I've also noticed as a warning and cliffs, he has a <laughs> he has a charge move, which is really cool. It's like a rocket boost from behind and you go you can kind of tweak it left and right a little, but you're mostly going straight. And if you can manage to grab another hero, you will keep continuing forward until you slam them into a wall and stun them. And then you can bash them with your hammer. 
but oh i love it but if there's no wall behind them and it's just a cliff you will grab them and both of you will fall to your death and i've done that more times than i care to admit i have never done that with him i jump off a cliff constantly with winston but i've never just rocket powered myself off of a cliff with reinhardt maybe that'll be this afternoon maybe i'll just do that Yeah, no, there was a bastion yesterday that was really, really frustrating in a game. So I kept Ugh. I kept doing the charge slam into him. And there was one level that just it didn't have a whole lot of walls on it. And I kept trying to do the charge slam without actually looking at what was behind him. And then I would go flying off the cliff. It was my own fault, but it was worth it. So worth it. It's so worth it. I'm going to do it just for fun. What do you think about um, like the utility heroes in general? I want to be very good with them. I will eventually spend a lot of time and get good with the utility heroes because I have I see them being fantastic. And when I see somebody playing them really well, it makes me really jealous. So I really I love having them on my team and I want to be able to provide that kind of support for my team. Like when I see May being being used effectively, I, I she won a game for the other team against me today. I was Winston. She threw up a an I leapt at her. She threw up the ice wall and blocked me where they won. I was content going to contest the uh, the part, and it blocked me quickly enough that I couldn't get any that none of us could get through, and they won the game because of it. Like they are game winners if you know what you're doing. Yeah, and I wanted to talk about May too, which is kind of why I brought it up. I I like the utility heroes that are more um, kind of a hybrid of utility and DPS, like. The mm-hmm. ones that can do damage also, you know, because you have heroes like um, like Reaper or Soldier 76 that are they're basically like damage dealers. Right. Um, yeah. And McCree is the same way. There's a couple other ones that are just like, OK, this is you're going to go do damage. But Genji and uh, yeah. Yeah. But May, you have your main attack is like it's a cold gun in front of you. And then you have a secondary fire. You can shoot icicles. And then, like you said, you can make um big ice walls. And then her other ability is at any time, if you have it like off of cooldown, you can go into a little like personal ice cocoon and you heal up while you're in there. I've had games with May that were amazing. And I think it just depends on the other people around you and how your team is coming together. A lot of it comes back to that, how your team is coming together and like who's there to support you. But I've had a couple games as May where I had a damage dealer running around with me and if you can charge in with may with your primary attack you'll like slow and freeze the guys that you're attacking and it throws people off so much so if you have a damage dealer behind you when you just charge in and start slowing somebody down you're almost always going to kill that hero which is really pretty much every time yeah and then like you said she can be like a game winner if you throw up a big ice wall at the exact right time same way with torbjorn that uh, if his turret is put in the right place and you protect it and you know what you're doing that those turrets can win games that they are just they're like little mini bastions when he's using his uh his turret mode and you can just have them everywhere and he is a game winner yeah if you do it right he hasn't quite clicked with me yet but he's been he's the one that's very similar to uh team fortress 2 engineer where you can throw down turrets and and do some damage too but i've had games where i played against him where i can see how good he is and like it just it didn't click in my head yet but i can see that if you're good with torbjorn like you're gonna be a pain to deal with and the same way goes for uh, Symmetra, that I want to get good with her because of the turrets and the sentry turrets that she can put around and the teleporters. But she needs a good team around her. You cannot do anything solo. I know you and I were talking about this earlier, and that was a point that you brought up, was that you can't just charge in and do anything with her solo. You can solo with Zenyatta and uh, with Lucio if you have to. 
but you cannot with Symmetra. That is, she is all about prepping the area that you're going to be in, thinking ahead, and laying out the defenses, and then helping your team afterward, or at the same time, simultaneously there. But you cannot just charge in and be a support when the day, you know, solo uh, person. She is not a paladin by any means. Yeah, and it's interesting they include some heroes like that, that are more of a force multiplier than something that you can go and do on your own. You know, you have to do it with a team. And... I like that. Like everything that we're talking about comes back to the idea that you have to work as a team. And that is such a a wonderful notion in the current online atmosphere of so many people wanting to do their own thing in most of these communities. Most games in MOBAs, people try to go take their own lanes and ignore the objectives. Most people in uh, in MMO PvP go and try to capture a flag by or a base on their own without worrying whether they have a healer or not or a tank. And this one is one of the few games where I've seen that just by the nature of the way that the mechanics are put together, it almost forces the team play that that they want out of you and that you will be not have fun if you're not playing as part of a team because you are essentially just useless with almost any healer almost any character except for say tracer or reaper that their primary aspect is to annoy the uh, other team yeah there's a couple heroes you can go off and kind of do your own thing but for the most part i've noticed that if you just kind of like take a second mid game and just look all around you See how close your team is to you. If you have a team that's sticking pretty close together, you're probably doing pretty well. If you have a team that's spread apart, you're probably struggling. And like that's just yep. a theme I've seen throughout the games. And if you have a team that's kind of a little bit more spread out and you go and you know you're attacking a point and you're going up against a team that's grouped together, you are going to lose. Like you're just gonna lose. It's gonna happen. Yep. Almost I the, I can't think of a single time that I was able to have, you know, two of us take on five of them that were and either attacking or defending that we were able to pull it out, that it is definitely. And it's not even just a numbers game. It's a synergy thing where all of the heroes are helping each other. And it is just multi it's multiplicative rather than additive and to get super nerdy on us. That, that That's the way that the heroes work together. Yeah, they feel like force multipliers. It's not. I know what you're saying. But yeah, I mean, the only times I've seen an exception to that is if somebody had a perfectly timed ultimate move that can do something crazy. And those are, you know, those are more rare. Those are few and far between. Yeah, you get Farah up above everybody. I've seen somebody get a team kill with Farah and her ultimate. The same for Hanzo, but it is super rare. Yeah, I was thinking about Hanzo. He shoots that giant dragon that goes through everything. That's, oh, that Ugh, dragon. Indeed. Oh, oh. Uh. And okay, so before we jump off of heroes, I wanted to know what you think of Tracer because she's one of the only heroes that just I I have such a hard time getting my mind around her because she's so different from a normal first person shooter strategy. I love her. I love Tracer. She is one of my favorite damage characters to play it takes a long time to get used to her and because of how different she is that's why i like her though i like being able to rewind i like being able to blink around and really annoy people that that is my number one thing to do playing uh playing as a as a damage character because i am i have no reflexes and i've been very bad at aiming my entire gaming career like i i'm not a headshot type person but i'm very 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 good i think at being completely obnoxious to the other team where they they will go out of their ways to kill me so tracer plays perfectly into that they took those abilities and and that 
that she has and made it so that you if you know what you're doing, you can pretty much not die and still you may not kill anybody, but you're going to be able to at least occupy one or two people and take them out of the fight just by being obnoxious. And I kind of love that because I'm kind of obnoxious and like to poke at people in real life. So I can do that with Tracer in the game and not have to worry about getting headshots or anything. I just have to zip around to make sure that they're paying attention to me. She's like a fly that you can't swat. It's yeah, it's so yeah, that's actually pretty. Yeah, I mean, she basically her power set is the the main thing that she does is that you have this little like teleport that kind of goes. It jumps you in whatever direction you're going and you have three of them. So you can do jump, 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 be basically in the center of the other team or right behind the other team. You can unload your guns and then she has a rewind ability and she'll rewind a certain number of seconds. So if you do it fast enough, you go jump, 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 which you've just covered a ton of distance. You unload your guns. They might do some damage to you. You hit rewind and you go back to where you were before you did any of the jumps. And the rewind also restores all the health that you lost in that time and all the ammo lost in that time. So you're basically back to full health, full ammo right away. And... They put her in Heroes of the Storm as well. She was uh, the first Overwatch hero to go into the MOBA that Blizzard does, and she plays exactly the same way. Have you played it at all with her? Uh, I haven't played much Heroes of the Storm lately, but I heard that she controls very similarly. Very similarly. She is the exact same obnoxious character because you blink around, she stays auto-aiming, And basically just unloads on people and you can't get a fix on her. And then you rewind and she moves back into another area whenever somebody uh, uses one of their their big cooldowns. It plays exactly the way that she does in Overwatch. And it's amazing to me that they can make a character in two so unique genres play so similarly that if you can pick her up in Overwatch or Heroes of the Storm, you can play her in either game and know what to expect. That's really cool. I should check her out in Heroes of the Storm. Next time I jump back in there, I will for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, I'm I'm mostly just excited about this game. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about for the main topic here? Uh, I think that's about it for me. Just how much fun I'm having. Uh, honestly, more than anything is that there's so much to do. And I didn't think that was going to be the case in a first person shooter because I avoid these games almost exclusively and grab them on Steam sale or free weekends or play them at a friend's house because like, eh, I'm not going to spend any time in a first person shooter. Those games aren't for me. But this one, there's the heroes and the world really have made me care about this one. And it's going to have to take a lot of self-control not to uh, dive headfirst into this one, I think. I mostly like the variety Um, that the fact that you can whenever you feel like you're struggling or frustrated or if you're starting to get bored for the night, you can just jump to another hero and everyone feels so unique that you get a different experience. So I found myself, you know, playing a couple games with one hero and then I'll jump to another one. Or if I'm really frustrated mid-match, I'll switch to someone who might help my team better. And it's just a nice variety, you know. I can like I said, I can already tell this is going to be one of my evergreen games for a long time going forward. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's weird that well, I don't even say it should I shouldn't even say that it's weird because it's a Blizzard game and that's kind of how Blizzard games are for me as well. I play lots of Blizzard games. They make good games and they're games that I may not play one hundred percent all the time or ever beat or play through, but I'm always gonna have Battle.net and these games installed on my computer for when I get a get get a hankering to play. I'm gonna boot it up and I'm gonna just go teleport around and uh, be all zen with a robot and make sure that you'll know, bring them to enlightenment. <laughs> Zenyatta. 
That's perfect. I think that'll about wrap up our main topic, which means it's time for our weekly geekery where we share what we've been geeking out about this week with you guys. So for me this week, I have been geeking out about Hamilton, which I've heard about off and on from people over the last, I don't know, couple months maybe. And it finally crossed my radar enough that I said, okay, let me check it out. I listened to a couple like YouTube you know, recordings of the actual like Broadway cast. And I was like, "Eh, this this might be for me. It's kind of interesting. So I pulled the trigger. I bought the soundtrack. And this was yesterday, midday. And I've listened to the entire (laughs) musical about five times since then. It's amazing. Like the songs are good when they're on their own. But when you get it within the context of the entire musical and you see the story that they're telling, I'm pretty sure it's the best musical that I've ever listened to. I mean, it's hard to tell because I've only owned it for like less than 48 hours, but I don't really, (laughs) I don't really like re-listen to things. I don't really re-watch things. You know, I usually kind of consume my media and move on to the next thing. So the fact that I've gone back and I'm re-listening to it over and over and over, that says a lot about it for me. I just love it. If you, if you have any interest in musicals at all, even if you don't, you might want to check it out, but Oh, I didn't even say what it was. I'm just so excited. Hamilton yeah, Hamilton is a musical, like rap, almost kind of rock opera that is about the life of Alexander Hamilton. And it covers the American Revolutionary War and then like the first three presidencies after that. So, you know, establishing the Constitution and establishing just the basics of our country, you know, founding the National Bank, things like this that don't sound super interesting when you know the history behind it but when it's put into a story like this and set to music it's amazing i highly 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 recommend hamilton i i love musicals and i come back in from a bike ride yesterday you guys and i look at at my phone and and void has sent me a text message like do you like musicals dude do you like musicals this is the best musical ever and i'm like and that's all I've heard about for like the last 24 hours. I cannot, I could honestly probably take a screenshot with time, with, with, with timestamps to tell you guys how many times he has texted me about listening to Hamilton and trying to get me to listen to it. I, he is not kidding that he's listened to it five times since like noon yesterday, in like the last 23 hours, maybe. This is all true. Yes. So I'm going to have to do it. So you guys have to do it too. How about you? What do you got? Okay, so mine actually is Heroes of the Storm, which is kind of a cop-out and kind of not, because this is what I've been playing this week. Because after the Blizzard episode, you guys were all, everybody was like, give it a shot. Give this a shot. I like Heroes of the Storm, that that you have to give this a real honest goodness shot. And since I don't like MOBA games, and I've been looking forward to to, to Overwatch so much, I decided to give it a real shot. I, I installed it. I booted it up. I got through everything and went into pick heroes and actually learn how to play it. And it's fantastic. And the reason it's my weekly geekery is because it is super fun to play support. And what I learned playing it was how to play Overwatch by playing playing Heroes of the Storm. I realized that my play style has changed from where it was in World of Warcraft, being a pure healer, to being a the hybrid type support with uh, Zenyatta, where I do damage, support the team, and uh, provide utility and still heal. And those are the heroes that I've fallen into on Heroes of the Storm. So by being able to experiment with so many heroes over the course of the last week at you guys' suggestion and the ones that you guys all suggested to me, it got me to the point where I could really, truly dig in on Overwatch and find my groove and really, truly enjoy it. So it's a team-based game. It's a team-based MOBA, and it's free to play. And honestly, I think you guys should check it out because you, those of you who haven't, and if you were like me and didn't like League of Legends or anything like that, 
I still like Heroes of the Storm, so I actually do. So thank you, guys. Uh, thank you a bunch. Good job with the peer pressure, everybody. Keep it up. <laughs> so just because we're geeks doesn't mean that we can't take care of ourselves. Um, each week, we want to be able to help you guys out by giving you just small hacks that can help make your lives just a little bit healthier. And this week, actually, Void is the one who has it. Uh, and this week, because mine has been all, you know, riding a bike and running, but he has a really good one that I probably should have listened to earlier this week. Oh, man, now you're building it up. I just I wanted to tell people, try different kinds of audio when you're exercising. Um, I know a lot of people's default is music. That's what I used to do. And at one point, I started picking up more podcasts to listen to. And that's continued. I mean, if you don't know me, I listen to lots of podcasts. Now, my default when I run is podcasts or audiobooks, because I found that when I'm running, um, it helps me disconnect my mind from the actual physical activity, which usually means I can go farther and faster. And I don't feel like I'm like pushing through it and struggling as much, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And yesterday I picked up Hamilton and I had the longest run of my season because I switched up my audio. I listened to a musical instead of, you know, my normal podcasts and audiobooks. And I just I ran for like over an hour. I ran twice as far as I normally do. Just switching it up, you know, try it. If you listen to music right now, try an audiobook, try some podcasts. If you've been in the podcast and audiobook zone for a lot lately, you know, flip over, try some music again, see what it does, see how you exercise differently, you know, and it can be on anything. Almost everyone who's exercising has headphones on. You don't have to run like I do, you know, get on a bike, go on a walk, whatever. Just switch it up and see if you like the variety or see if it kind of actually changes the way you exercise. It does change the way that I exercise, uh, whether I'm listening to if I'm hitting a rut, and I don't enjoy running or cycling and I'm listening to music all the time. I'll put on a podcast or an audiobook. And I wish I had thought about this the other day because my wife was using our Spotify account on her phone while she was out for a run. And I didn't listen to anything during my run because I couldn't. I didn't want to stop her music in the middle of her run. I didn't even think about loading a podcast or an audiobook. So I ran in silence that day, uh, which is which is good, which is unique. And, you know, it can be very helpful. But and then after I get back in, you guys uh, void was like, why didn't you just put on a podcast? I'm like, that would have made a lot of sense. I should have done that. And it would have really helped out to be able to disconnect what was going on with my legs uh, and my brain. Yeah. And I mean, let's just be honest. Everyone should probably just be listening to Hamilton while they exercise. Um, (laughs) I think that's about it for this week. Uh, You can write to us with comments, suggestions, feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. I blog almost daily at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. Uh, and I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with two E's. And I blog sporadically at geekfitness.net. Also, with Overwatch coming out, if you want to add me on Battle.net, it is lesser, as in I am not greater, lesser, hashtag 1993. And uh, hop in a game and I will heal you with Zenyatta. Excellent. We've been Void and Beej with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. You gotta intro your thing. I left it. Oh, I, I left do. it open for you. This is getting edited. I out did. Now. I completely forgot, and then I was laughing about that. I know. And I can't <laughs> scroll down.